What is up, everybody? Welcome to Ben's Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you live Thursday night. We're bringing two episodes to the listeners tonight, Noah. We are starting with the West preview. No, before we get into anything, this is what the NBA is all about. This is why we podcast. It's time, Colin. It's here. It's finally here. Um, After a pretty long regular season, after a long fantasy season, the playoffs are here, Colin. This is what NBA fans, you know, wait all season for. I'm I'm so excited. I'm this playoffs is going to be one of the best we've had in a a good time. I think so too. And all right, before we, you have thirty seconds, oh, you yeah. won the categories league. You beat me. I I tried my darndest. You know, Colin, you did try your hardest, but my team kind of just is a bunch. They got that dog in them, Colin. Did you say how many rebounds and assists I had? Yeah, I I was looking so. I was down three six for we did a two weeker, and at the end of the first week, I was like, "There's not a chance in hell that I can win points, rebounds, or assists." And so I got it to four five. I like used all my pickups on three point shooters, and I was trying to get my free throw percentage to match yours, and I just couldn't get there. Couldn't get I there. I got some free throw takers. Well, I don't. I don't want to be that guy, but when you're missing Chris Paul, Brad Beal, John yeah. Morant, Josh yeah. Giddy, who were like my four best players all year, yeah, yeah, yeah. it it made it a little bit tougher. We we I were scraping pretty, the bottom of the barrel. I do feel really bad for you. I don't think nah, you do. <laughs> I mean, my my team was some hosses, Colin. I, I do have to be honest. I drafted a very good categories team, and I didn't even play Russell Westbrook all playoffs, Colin. Yeah, no, I mean, I, we, I told you from the beginning of the season when you drafted him, I was like, he's like a net negative. And you're like, no, 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 no I built my team. And then when you I stopped just got to say, Con, the punt field goal percentage, punt turnovers, it works. It, ju- it just works. Yeah. It, you just, just draft guys like Cade Cunningham, you know, just go for it. Fuck it. The field goal percentage and turnovers don't matter because he's going to stack yeah. everything else. Yeah, it uh, it works. All right, that's enough fantasy talk. That's enough fantasy talk. Yeah, no, categories league champion. Previewing, that's your first one, too. Now we're even in champs. We, we've both won one. Yes, sir. Um, And, and shout out, just real quickly, this matters to nobody, but Olsen in the points league, holy shit, his team came out of nowhere and just ruined everybody. He was putting up 1,400 points like it was nobody's yeah. business. You know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, dwell on things in the past, but if I would have played him in a week where the Heat didn't have two games and I had Bam Adebayo and Tyler here on my team, you know, it could have been the I don't think – you still lost by, like, 150. I don't think I lost by that much. I think, I think it did. was pretty – Ah, all right. You know, That's too, too much, much fantasy. That's too much fantasy. That's too much fantasy. Cheers. You, you, get, your, you get your flowers. All righty. For the for the West, for the West, we're, we're recording Thursday night, so we we don't know yet what's going to happen in the Clippers Pelicans game tomorrow. But I I think we can preview without that knowledge. I think we'll yes. I think we'll be okay. All right, <laughs> then yeah, I, let's Clippers start. Let's start with the play-in games that we've seen so far. 
the Clippers Grizzlies, I think, has to go down as the best playing game thus far. Granted, we're like two seasons into this, but that that was a very great game, Con, for you know the league. Uh, just yeah. it's, a, it's a great game for the league. Great game for you know Adam Silver and believing in the playing oh, tournament, yeah. getting hype built around it, and like is a great game for just the beginning of this playoffs because that that was a close close game. The Grizzlies and Clippers are both two very good teams, yeah. and this was a game where we saw the Clippers have the lead for most of the game, Con, right. and this Grizzlies team. When you Timberwolves, know Timberwolves, 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 yeah. This, <laughs> Sorry, I, this I Tim- started. I got you. On I know <laughs> this Timberwolves team, Con. They just like you know they very easily could have buckled and you know folded under the pressure con and you know they say whatever we got another game but the reason they got a guy like patrick beverly con who had a gigantic impact on this game um and a gigantic bud light afterwards yeah uh (laughs) he came up clutch a lot for them kept him in the game they had two ending buzzer beater threes con at the end of the second and the third quarter just from guys role players like malik beasley can't hit one and I think Jalen Noel hit the other one. I thought it was Jaden McDaniels was a, just wedded one at the end of the half. Yeah, it was, it was one of the Jay yeah. names. Um, and this was really interesting, Con, because the Grizzly, or the Timberwolves home crowd was pumping. It was awesome to see a oh, playoff game yeah. in Minnesota. And that crowd, you know, never faltered, Con. They were in it the whole no. game. They believed in that Grizzlies team. And this is a game, Con, where Cat had 11 points, 24 minutes played, and fouled out. Yeah, he had four points at that half. Is, that is, or that no, is like zero. a Did he have more no, fouls at half? I think he had four fouls and four points, right? That was the stat line at yeah. half. and it was awesome to see, Con, that, you know, D'Angelo and Anthony Edwards oh. both had two very good games. Um, I was really surprised from D'Angelo. He kind of took over the game in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, and Anthony Edwards is that dude, Con. Like, he's got that dog dude, in him. He is that um, dude. For a guy who's a second-year player, Connie looks like he's a vet of the league. He's played right. like eight years. Um, I'm very excited to see this Timberwolves team in the playoffs, Con. Isn't it? Isn't it so funny that like not that long ago there was a, a very large news story circling that Anthony Edwards doesn't like basketball. Like remember, like that was like the thing when. When he was getting drafted, he was like, yeah, I'd like rather play football. And I think people like really took that out of context as to, <laughs> to like what he was saying. You know, because you could say it about it, like, yeah, like, I'd rather be uh, the lead singer of the Rolling Stones. Like, yeah, that'd be sick. That would be absolutely sick. But I don't yeah. think that it has any bearing on his basketball ability or how much he cares about the game because clearly he cares a ton. And holy shit, is he just so much fun to watch. Yeah, he is. The Grizz- the Timberwolves are a very, very, very fun team, and they're deep. And phew, what a team. What a team. I'm very excited for the future of this team and to see them in this current playoffs. Um, any thoughts from the Clippers side, Con? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in watching this game and just the way that it took shape, you could tell that the Clippers were the much more comfortable team. You know, like, there were just a lot of possessions where the Timberwolves were turning the ball over, not getting the right shot. I'm looking at the box score right now. The Clippers ended up having more turnovers, um, but especially in the first half, it felt like the Timberwolves were very much out of control. And had it not been for 
the outside shooting from Anthony Edwards and the rest of the cast, you know, I wouldn't say that they were getting the best shots that they could get, but they were making some some difficult shots that were going in, which is just it's one of those things that, you know, what do you do if you're the Clippers? Um so I I wouldn't be too worried if I'm the Clippers. I think that the Timberwolves you saw it in like the the way that they reacted once they won the game. Like this was their Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. Like yeah. it, it like um, it meant a lot to it yeah. meant a lot more to them than it does to this Clippers team. Um, I think this Clippers team is probably decently confident going into this game against the Pelicans. Thanks. So um, and that Minnesota team, Colin, they didn't finish first in points per game for no reason. Those boys know how yeah. to run. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, moving into the Spurs-Pelicans game, Colin. Oh, wait, hold on. One um, more thing I, I want to add. Just, uh, I know we're we're coming off of March Madness, but didn't this feel like a like an NCAA tournament game? Like that do-or-die atmosphere and the fact that it the was one just one game? basketball is. Chef's kiss. Like it, it had that feel to it, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, I just that was a lot of fun, and I think you kind of said it earlier. Like, cheers to Adam Silver because it worked. Because that's exactly what it felt like to me, which is the best. I mean, th- there's nothing better than March Madness. The Clipper, honestly, the Clippers' offense, Colin, is a lot like North Carolina's. Like the Clippers, sneaky have three guys that'll isolate you at any time, and yeah. PG Reggie and Marcus or Markeith Morris, and then mm-hmm. they just kind of have like, yeah, they just kind of have the. And then they have good role players. Like, they have Nick yeah. Batum, they have Zubak. At at times, Colin, their offense looks crazy yeah. when they can score four or five buckets in a row and it's four different guys. Um, and then, you know, you see at times they really lack. You can The lack yeah. of a true point guard is very visible for them. Yeah. Or the lack, no. my, or the lack of a Kawhi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, low-key Batum and Norm Powell are some of the best perimeter shooters to have as role yeah. players. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, both those guys can just stand in the corner and absolutely wet them. So, uh, yeah, I I think they're confident going into this Pelican Spurs game. Or yeah. the Pelicans game. All right, let's let's cover Pelicans Spurs. Uh, from a viewer standpoint, less exciting than <laughs> the 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 game we just covered. Um, Pelicans kind of had them. Yeah, uh, the Pelicans got exactly what you would want to see out of the Pelicans, Colin. 32 from CJ on 12 for 23 shooting. 22 from Jonas with 14 rebounds. 27 from Bandon Ingram on 11 of 19. Mm-hmm. That's that's a decent recipe on how to win a game. Yeah, I think, and I'll be honest, I didn't watch this whole game. Uh, I think kind of what you saw is that the Pelicans... You know, I don't think that they're a contending team, but they're at least well built enough. You know, you've got a guy like CJ McCollum. Yeah, yeah. No, without they could Zion, very obviously. well have four guys average twenty points gone. And like, no cap. Uh, a little bit of cap, but yeah, a no, bit I, of cap, I get what you're but, saying. You know, four guys average fifteen. That's yeah. reasonable. Um, um they uh. What was I going to say? Yeah, this was kind of just turned into the C.J. McCollum show. At one point, Colin, I watched this whole mm-hmm. game. Um, he kind of went sicko mode on the Spurs. Let's and go. the Spurs kind of just had no one to really match him yeah. or stop him. 
Um, you know, the Spurs, whatever. If it's, I don't think it's Pops last season, Colin. Um, I don't so think so either. They'll get him next year. The Spurs have a ton of cap. You know, Jadonte Murray is really good, but it's hard to see. He didn't even play in this game. So, Dejounte did. Oh yeah, he did. Never mind. Sixteen nine and five. Yeah, yeah, you know the Spurs are the Spurs, Colin. Let's preview the Pelicans Clippers game, Colin. And let's get that prediction from you. Yeah. So kind of like going. To, so the the Spurs had a great run. I mean, Dejounte Murray. If I had a vote, I think I'm giving Dejounte Murray most improved. He was sick this year. He really yeah. was. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But outside of that, the roster is what you'd expect from a team that would finish 10th in the West. You know? Jakob Pertl is a fine enough center. His biggest accomplishment is having the NBA Wordle named after him. Kelton Johnson's a nice young guy, but he's never really done what you would have hoped from <laughs> nice, him. Yeah. Gentlemen. And then the same with Vassell, and then you you get to guys like Jonathan Primo, Zach Collins. Like you know, it's just, eh, you know, it's not what you're really looking for out of a, a playoff caliber team. The Pelicans, on the other hand, the trade for CJ. I mean, you just said it; it works. You know, they kind of are letting CJ cook, and when CJ yeah. can cook, I mean. He's he's got the microwave attribute on two K for a be cooking. You know, yeah. and then our our guy Noah Herb Jones, he had a fantastic game defensively. Fantastic. Yeah, the the Pelicans have actually started playing their first round pick more too. Trey Murphy out of Virginia, and him and Herb Jones are a very good little wing development project for the Pelicans because both of them are extremely talented and it'll be interesting to see, you know, who they uh, choose to, like, preference in the future. I think it would be hard to turn down Herb at this point. He just played a whole season for you, but um, I can definitely see the alert for Trey Murphy. So they got guys to defend, Colin. This team next year is, they're ready for Zion to be plugged into this team. It's going to be fun to watch. I, I agree. So when when I'm looking at this matchup against the Clippers, I see just so much more veteran capable players on the Clippers. You know, like this team's like pretty fairly established in who they are. You know, obviously they've been missing Kawhi, but they've been missing Kawhi for the whole season. So it's nothing yeah. new to this team, you know. This team's accepted that Kawhi's not going to be a part of them, and I, I think they probably think about that much less than we do, you know? The Clippers walk into every game, Colin, like it's game, like, 52 of the regular season. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. That's a good way to describe them. So, I kind of, if, if I'm if I'm picking here, I like what I see from the Pelicans on paper a lot. You know, I think that they just look like the sexier team, but the Clippers do the things and they have one of the best coaches in the NBA in Ty Lue, which, you know, five years ago, if you said that, you'd really be scratching your head, but it's the case. I see them slowing the game down. I don't think that they're going to allow the Pelicans 
to cook the way that the Timberwolves did. And I don't think that the Pelicans play with enough pace to do what the Timberwolves did against them. And I think that defense is just going to wear at the Pelicans a little bit more than it was able to against the Timberwolves. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, The Spurs weren't really making CJ work on the defensive end. Um, And the Clippers are very much so going to make everyone on that Pelicans team work on the defensive end, uh, especially CJ McCollum and... I uh, I just think the Clippers are a bit too like seasoned for this con. I I think they wa- they're walking into this game expecting to win and play the Suns in the first round, and I kind of believe it. Like they've just been there, done that con, and this Pelicans yeah. team, um, they already got their dub. You know, like that yeah. was that was that was this is a good result for their season, no matter if they win or lose this game. Uh, that being said, I think it's going to be a closer game than people predict. Um, I Pel- not knowing the spread, like the Pelicans are probably five, six, seven point underdogs. Um, I kind of like that. I, I think it's going to be a closer game, but I, I think inevitably the Clippers will pull out and, you know, in the late fourth quarter. Um, yeah. So I will take the Clippers to win this game. Ooh. It's actually, it's closer. It's, it's a four point spread. Wow. Okay. Right. So no, riddle me this. You, you were talking about the Clippers lack of a true point guard. If there's a team in the NBA that's lacking a true point guard, I mean, it is the Pelicans. Their starting like, five last night was a shooting guard, two small forwards, <laughs> and two centers. Like That's not a recipe yeah. that wins in today's NBA, generally. They're just unlucky, Con, because they've never, you know, they've never had a chance to get, like, Alonzo Ball or something like that. Like, if they could yeah, have a guy no. like that, That'd they be insane. would be awesome. <laughs> Oh. At least they got Thomas Sadoransky to run the point. Yeah, Devontae Graham really worked out for all four minutes he played last <laughs> night in the playing game. Okay, he played seven, and he missed the only three he took. So, <laughs> think about it. Yikes. All right, Con. Let's, let's uh... Wait, no, 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 wait. Quickly answer, oh, yeah, answer sorry. my question, though. Did you pay... Oh yeah. The, the was question it? was like the lack of a true point guard for the Clippers. I mean, it's exponential oh, yeah, for the yeah, Pelicans. Yeah. Like, how does that play into this game? It's going to be very hard for them to score at time. Like, they're going to be throwing up a lot of bullshit con. Like, CJ yeah. McCollum or Brandon Ingram make, you know, getting the ball with three seconds left in the shot clock. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Um, and I think Jonas is going to have a tougher time in the paint, too. I think. Uh, that yeah, the- I'll call it right now. Double technicals will get called on Jonas and Marquise Mor- Morris <laughs> at some point in this game. I'll just call that. <laughs> Oh, if you could bet on that, like, what's what's the odds that you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, no, I'm it, doing that? It's like plus 125. I'm like, easy money. <laughs> I hope Herb Jones locks Paul George down. I would love to see that. I, 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 I would like to see it. Although I, I want the Clippers to win, and this is a good transition, good podcasting here, Noah. Because I think they're the better matchup for the Suns. I think it's a more fun series. Yes. So yes, let's get into that series, Colin, because I think that's a, I think that's an interesting series. Um, we, we just talked about the Clippers, Colin. You know, we just said everything mm-hmm. we thought about them, and we both have very similar feelings on the Suns. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just the Suns, Colin. They're the best team in the NBA for a reason. They're the most yeah. efficient team in the NBA. Their defense is top ten. Their offense is top ten. Like, um. It's it's uh this 
the Suns are the Suns. We don't got to talk about them. But how do you where how do you see this series, Colin, from just a playing perspective? Yeah. So let me preface this really quickly. If the Pelicans win, I think it's Suns and four. Like I just oh, I don't Suns think and three. Series. Pelicans yeah. don't show up for the fourth. So we're operating under the belief that the Clippers do pull this out, just because I think that's what happens. And like I said, there's nothing to talk about. If the Pelicans win, it's it's four games. Like there's just there's no way anything else happens. For the Clippers, so we were talking a little bit before the podcast started, and you said the Clippers are one or two fantastic Paul George games away from making this thing a real series. And while I don't hate that idea... I said one you, good Paul George game, one good team game. For making it a six-game series. Yes. Right. I, I... On the counter, the Clippers are two fantastic Devin Booker games away from getting swept. I just yes. don't think that this... Clippers team can run with the the Suns. I think that defensively, what the Suns are able to do is just going to shut this Clippers team down. I mean, McCall Bridges, Defensive Player of the Year, top three candidate. You know, I love that matchup, him on Paul George. And then you just you go one through five, you take Paul George away, and like, this Clippers team is good. Like, it's, you know, veteran guys... They just don't stand a chance, you know? Like I, you, The Clippers trying to play small ball, I think, is their best chance. But I think that DeAndre Ayton can stay on the floor. Like, he's not a guy that gets played off the floor like that. So I think that it's just a, an incredibly tough matchup for the Clippers to put the Suns in tough positions, which is what you have to do when you're an underdog like that. You just have to make the other team uncomfortable. And what the Suns do so well is they're consistent. They're never uncomfortable because the brand of basketball that they play is just not one that you can scheme them out of. You know, I agree with everything you said, and I still think I would say Suns and Six. I mean, that's fair, you know, because it's one of those things, like, on paper, it makes so much sense, and then, like, Terrence Mann is going to have one of those games where he, like, puts up 30, and it's like, all right, well, I, sorry I didn't like, see I, that one coming. I literally agreed with every statement you said about why the Suns are clearly the better team, and my head is still like, yeah, Clippers win two games. Which, I mean... Is I, I think the only reason that, that we're hinging on that is because our our guest, if you remember, uh, a couple months ago we had our Wizards insider, Stein, on the podcast. And he Daniel. came in with a take, yeah, uh, Manuel, that the Suns don't play a game six until the NBA Finals, which I think we're <laughs> – I'm kind of bought into. I, I think that's a – a take I don't that, think it's happening. For a hot take, I think it that is, is much take. likelier than other hot takes out there. Yeah. The, the Suns Clippers are going to be a good series, Colin. I'm taking yeah. Suns in six. Official right. prediction. So in the, uh, in the bench chatter bracket, just so that 
we have this. We we've got the Suns moving on. We have the the Suns advancing. You good with that officially? Yep. Alrighty, then let's move to the two seven matchup because we already talked about them. The Timberwolves, Grizzlies. Oh, Noah is excited as the, for this. As soon as the Timberwolves won, all I saw on NBA Twitter was that this is the matchup of the first round. Because I it is. I am so excited for this matchup, Con. Um, two pretty similar teams, Con. Um, you know, what you would say about the T- Timberwolves is that they can score. Like, that is their thing. Um, yeah. They got Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, Cat, all who can step up. They can really, you know, put the ball in the basket. But you can say the exact same thing for Memphis. Um, what I – the biggest – one of the biggest factors for me in this series, Colin, is who on the Wolves is guarding Ja Morant. Um, you know, they're going to put mm-hmm. – I would think that they would put Anthony Edwards on him. I think Pat Bev, honestly, is like – He's going to annoy John Morant, Con, but he has no real chance of guarding John Morant, no. let's be honest. Um, that's the biggest question for me. I don't think there's a great matchup. I think Anthony Edwards can do it. I don't think D'Lo can do it. Um, I think the Timberwolves or the Grizzlies have pretty good options to match up against Cat, at least physicality-wise. Um, mm-hmm. And Steven Adams and Jay Cubed, um, they match up physically well enough against Towns and I think the Timberwolves, to win this series, Con, they really have to make it a half-court game. Like, they can't let Memphis get out and run um, or else they're over. But I think Minnesota has a better half-court offense than Memphis does. I I agree. Um, I think that... Let's, let me start here. When the Grizzlies traded... Valanchunas for Steven Adams. I, I think there there were some people that were a little bit confused because Jonas, and to his credit, has been incredibly efficient on the Pelicans this year too. Uh, statistically, just looks a little bit better than Steven Adams. Statistically, he actually looks a lot better. He can score. <laughs> yeah. You know, he he's a board monster. I think that Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. If we're talking about top tier, much better paint defenses it's just so good especially pairing Steven Adams next to Jaron Jackson because Steven Adams is a, a good rim protector I think he's a smart player on the interior but Jaron Jackson's ability to cover the paint and extend yes. and guard on the perimeter I mean it just provides them so yes. many options defensively they're the perfect I mean, pairing of like Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't want to be like banging into dudes calling and like just no. clashing bodies and that's literally all Steven Adams wants mm-hmm. to do. So, you know, on defense, Steven Adams is guarding the big while Jaron Jackson Jr. is flying over from the corner to block a shot. And on offense, Steven Adams is blocking everyone out while Yeah. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is soaring in for offensive rebounds. It's it's such a good pairing, Colin. Yeah. Um, that was a that was a really good move for them. And if we're talking about a guy like Cat who kind of got bullied like if we're if we're boiling it down to one thing i think cat just was alphaed he couldn't get what he could get in the paint the clippers are a very physical team and that's just not how cat plays he's just not that physical of a guy he had some bad fouls um 
some I, like emotional fouls. Yeah, I I mean, Cat's gonna have a good series, Colin. I think Cat's gonna have an awesome series. Like the guy didn't finish all NBA this season for nothing. Um, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steve Adams can slow down Cat. I don't think they can like Cat will be a factor this series very much. No, 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 no. I I I agree. I agree. You're not entirely mitigating Cat. But I think it's going to be tougher than you're making it out to be. You know, the Grizzlies finish as a top five defensive team for a reason. I think Memphis is going to dominate the minutes when Minnesota's starting lineup isn't on the court. Um, I'm I'm still picking Memphis to win this series. Mm -hmm. I just think it's fun with the Grizzlies. Or with the Timberwolves storyline, yeah. Um, honestly, think these starting lineups are very even. I would maybe almost give the edge to the Timberwolves, but Memphis is just deep. Minnesota's deep, but Memphis is deeper with more quality. Like just coming off the bench, Brandon Clark, yeah. Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Anderson. Like that's pretty solid to put around the starters that yeah. the Grizzlies already have. Um, I think this is going six as well, Con. I have Grizzlies in six. Um, I, I'll, I'll take Grizzlies in six. Although that feels like kind of a lame answer. I'll go, you know what? Give it to me. Give me Grizzlies in seven. I think that. I want to say the Timberwolves. No cap. Then say the Timberwolves, dog. But they're not going to win. And yeah, I'm trying no, to predict it right. <laughs> um, no, other very, very fun part about this series. The Timberwolves and the Grizzlies are the second and third youngest teams in the NBA. I love that. The Thunder come in as the youngest team, and then the Grizzlies Timberwolves follow close behind. It's This is fantastic TV, Con, this series. Every game better be on TNT or ESPN. Oh, um, yeah. Well, and the pace that these teams play at, too, like these, yes. these are going to be some games where you're, you're going to see John Morant and Anthony Edwards hammer home is some ESPN Sports Center top ten highlights every single night. <laughs> yeah, there's just like, no way it's it gonna be a John ja Morant like monstrous dunk, followed right up by Anthony Edwards monstrous yeah. dunk. Um, sticking with the theme, con, I will I will predict in game one that Pat Bev and Dylan Brooks both get technical fouls at the same time. I like it. I like it. You know, Pat <laughs> Bev's getting a technical foul. There's just no Easy. way. Pat Bev might just like t- off tip off, just go up and like punch John Moran in the face and then <laughs> complain to the ref. That, okay, that was that was starting to piss me off in that game. The Timberwolves complain about every single call. Those, like, every I, I, I listen, single call. Those refs were actually like turning that kind of into a clown show con, like where the two of the out of those three refs like they were like, hell yeah, the, the cameras are on tonight, boys. I will say that. The rest were not very good in that game. I I understand that, but I mean, there were I mean, plays... yeah, every team does that, but no, like, especially it, it felt like it was extensive. I mean, D'Lo and Cat cry on every attempt that they miss. <laughs> That's And then Pat yeah, Bell's just like, yelling know. at the rest the entire game. Yeah, see, Pat Bev, I, I can at least write it off as it's pretty funny. When Cat and D'Lo do it, I'm like, ah, alright, come on, play play basketball, fellas. Alrighty, I, I like that. We've got 
Grizzlies moving on. Not a terribly hot take, but fun nonetheless. So now we're going to move to the 3-6 matchup. Warriors-Nuggets. Steph has missed the last 14 games of the regular season and is looking like he will start. Um, but it's not been confirmed yet, Noah, that Steph will be playing. On track to return, they said in the report earlier today. So not guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yes, what I'm saying. I don't know that it matters. I don't think that the (laughs) Nuggets, as good as Jokic has been... In a seven-game series, <laughs> so, yeah. if you, you can just do the Jokic show, I just I don't think yeah. that it's possible, especially against a team as versatile as Golden State. Yeah, um, I think the Warriors win this series, Con, and so I'm going to spend my time just reading off this one stat that is absolutely insane. Um, I mean. Jokic getting this Nuggets team con where they got a total of nine appearances out of Michael Porter Jr. and zero from Jamal Murray to 48 wins is insane. Let's just say that. Like, it's remarkable. Um, The Nuggets had a point differential con around that of a 62-win team when Jokic was on the floor. But they played like an 18-win team without him. For context, the Rockets <laughs> finished this season with the worst record in the league and had 20 wins. <laughs> That's absurd. That's absurd. I mean, the amount of stats you can find. Like, <laughs> what? What? If you don't, if you're still in the camp that Joel Embiid's the MVP, I just, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I just don't get it. Like. With a name coined like that, most valuable player, how does it not go to the guy that literally was worth, like, 25 wins this year? Yeah. um, There's nothing the Warriors are going to do, Colin, to slow Jokic down in this series. Um, Jokic's postseason averages, Colin, are 26 points, 11 rebounds, and and 6.5 assists. If he could average that for the entire series, Colin, and it probably still won't be enough. No. No, he's got to be averaging a 30-point triple-double a night for them to contend. I know I sent you the picture the other night, Colin, but it was while, you know, Steph Curry's been out, Clay Thompson has very much came to life, Colin. Um, Oh, yeah. Four of his last six regular season games, Colin. Clay Thompson had 37 points, 14 for 26. 36 points, 14 for 28. 33 points, 12 of 22. 41.16 of 29. Um, the Warriors this season, Con, with Curry and Draymond on the floor, were plus 14.7 points per 100 possessions. And that sample barely includes any time with Clay Thompson. And Clay Thompson is now playing a lot better than what we were seeing initially when he first came back, Con. Oh yeah. This is like this is what the Warriors were wanting to happen this entire like this is their plan happening right now. Yeah. No, this is this is two years in the process. Like, yeah. This is um 
the Warriors are just a championship contender team. Jokic is the MVP, but at the end of the day, the Nuggets' second leading scorer this season was Aaron Gordon at 15 points. No, it was Gary Harris. Did Aaron Gordon end up passing him? It was Gary Harris until like the last one. Well, week. Gary Harris was on the Magic. If you mean Farton Will Barton, then yes. Oh, I do mean Farton Will Barton. Yeah. That's... Either Colin, way. Aaron Gordon averaged 15 points, the lowest mark of any second leading scorer in the NBA. <laughs> okay, yeah, Will, Will Barton finished. Oh, my God. That's got to be by a decent Gary point, Harris. Too, Right? Like, I'm trying to think of teams. Because even, like, yeah, Reggie Jackson averaged 17. Yeah, I, I won't go through the entire NBA, but that says something. That says <laughs> something. How many, um, how many games do you think this going, Colin? Five. I think that Jokic has a game that just cannot be stopped. Same. And then I think other than that, uh, the Warriors handle their business. They've got bigger aspirations than the Nuggets. Yeah. Uh, Warriors in five. Sorry, Jokic. You deserve much better. The Warriors should be able to take Jokic after they beat them. And they just, like, put Kayvon Looney's jersey on him. And, yeah, I mean, they, they look very similar. Kayvon Looney's always struck me as a large white Serbian man. <laughs> I always make that out. Yeah, I always get them confused when they're out on the court. <laughs> that would be a fun rule if, if you could take one player from a team that you beat. That would be sick. You just end up with, like, the Eastern Conference versus Western Conference All-Stars, but I would love that. <laughs> um, let's get into the last series of the West, Colin. Mm-hmm. The number four Dallas Mavericks versus the number five Utah Jazz. And it is already confirmed, Colin, that Luka Doncic will not be playing in the first game of this series with a calf strain. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it tough, doesn't it? Because yes. if Luka's here... I, I'm taking the Mavs all day. I might even take the Mavs in four. I, I'm that confident <laughs> in the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks, Noah, you know, I, I think it's kind of been swept under the rug because of how good the Celtics finished the season. The Dallas Mavericks went on a, a decently similar run of just not losing yeah. games. They really figured out the defense as well. In... Since uh, the All-Star break, Noah, the Mavericks lost eight games. Almost like getting rid of that Chris Stapps guy was like a really good decision. It's almost like that's the case. <laughs> How are they doing that with no center, Colin? <laughs> I, because Luka is not only one of the best distributors now, he's also an elite scorer, which is... <laughs> The thing that, like, oh, my God. Remember when he was getting drafted and he was like, but how would he score in the NBA? Like, he's too slow. How would he score? And it's like, oh, wait, quite easily. Yeah. Just by understanding offenses. The the same way that James Harden does. It really is. Just that. By just being better than, you know, 99% of the players on the court at any given time. That might help him score. That, yeah. 
just being able to get off a pass to anybody on the court at any given time just makes him so unguardable. It's just methodical, Colin. It's not it is. fast, it's not flashy, but he's going to get to his spot every single time, and he's going to make a hundred decisions every game, and they're all probably going to be the right decision. Yeah, Like, Luka Doncic will just carve you up, and I think him missing this first game, Colin, is just going to make this series go on longer than it really should. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jazz, it's the Jazz have been... Had a pretty bad collapse to end the season, Con. Yeah. Um, their win probability, Con, from their last five losses 74%, 80%, 99%, 99%, 98%. Oh my god. And they lost all five of those games. That's embarrassing. The embarrassing, embarrassing that you. You have three games in a row with a 98% or above chance to win the game, and you don't win any of them? That that could be yeah. a record. There's a, a very high chance that nobody's ever done that before. And there's a lot there's a lot looming over the Jazz this season as well, Colin. Um, Quinn mm-hmm. Snyder's question in future if they lose this first round. You know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, we already know they don't get along. Like, I could see this thing flaming out very quickly, Colin, if they have a bad first round. And with all that looming over Mm -hmm. them and this Mavs team playing at the best basketball they can be, they're loose, Colin. They like playing together. Everyone's very confident in Luka. Like, I think it's also gone very understated how good that Spencer Dinwiddie pickup was, Colin, just because he... They're 19-6 and since they got Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, uh, Dinwiddie and Brunson have been combining for thirty-two and a half points a game, Con, and all three of that those two combined with Luca are shooting forty percent from three. We said this this whole time, Mama Mia. Surround Luca with shooters, you know. And when they didn't do that this off season, you and I kind of like looked at each other and were like, well, then what are they? What are they doing? I I don't know that Spencer Dinwiddie is the long term answer. But he certainly looks much better next to Luca than whatever Kristaps <laughs> was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would take Mavs in five, honestly, Colin, if Luca was playing game one. But I think them, the Mavs losing game one, presumably, is going to turn this game into a six or seven series just because, you know, the Jazz can probably get another one after getting one free dub. Um I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Mavs in seven. Actually, yeah, I like that. I think that, I think the Mavs could go down o two without Luca if needed and be okay here. I think yeah. it would get dicey, and I don't think they want that. But I think they could do it. Mm-hmm. I just I, I think um... that the writing's on the wall for the Jazz. We've seen this scenario before. It's basically been Donovan Mitchell's whole career thus far that the Jazz are a fantastic regular season team, and then they just don't do it in the playoffs. Good coaches can out-scheme the Jazz. I think Jason Kidd's a good coach. I think that's going to happen. I think that their supporting cast is just kind of getting old. It's just this, the same old story. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the worst finish the Jazz have had in three years. 
with this whole like new era con the player empowerment era it feels like just kind of inevitable at this point that this jazz team is gonna have a shake up if you know they don't win this series um i was gonna say something else can't remember you have to trade Rudy Gobert, right? Like you, you got to build around Donovan. Yeah, Mitchell you're not getting everything. rid of Donovan Mitchell, dude. All the Lakers fans posting Donovan Mitchell pictures. Stop it! It's not happening. <laughs> um, boom, Con. That's the West. That's the West. Really quickly, who do you who do you think comes out of the West? I think you get Suns, Golden State. <laughs> I can't even say the Lakers anymore. You can't say the Lakers. I, uh, low-key, Noah, I kind of like the Warriors. Give me the uh, Warriors. I I think that would be a lot of fun. I think the Warriors are going to peak. Like, I think they haven't started playing their best basketball yet, and I think that's a perfect recipe for a Warriors finals run with the gang I, all back together. I like it, too. I like it a lot. Um... They have the pieces to get hotter than pretty much any other team in the NBA. I just want to see Curry in a finals again, too, Colin. Like, I'm sorry, the Suns, you're just a little boring. I love you, Devin Booker, but, you know, come on. As an NBA historian, um, it would be nice to have Chris Paul win one. You I know? Think he's cursed. Just, it. He feels like a guy that deserves one, you know? Like, since he came up in the league, you know, it's, I, I think we forget. He probably is, like, similar to how we're looking at Luka now. Like, you and I are sitting here like, it's not a matter of when Luka wins or if Luka wins one. It's a matter of, like, when, like, the pieces align and, like, you know, Luka has that team, they win the championship. I think I think people thought the same about Chris Paul for, like, a really long time. Like, those Clippers teams, everybody's always like, well, like, they're yeah, like, let's go. They're going to do it. And then those Rockets team, like, yeah, it's just. He's cursed. It just takes one. It just takes one. But, uh, yeah, and then obviously, obviously if the Grizzlies can do it, there's no team I want more than the Grizzlies in the West. Yeah, Lakers coming out. All right, Lakers in seven. I like it. All righty, tune in for the East preview as well, which uh, is coming out at the same time. So you've got a lot of bench chatter content. Noah, sign us off, and then uh, I'll sign him back on in a few. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast, and we'll see you in part two. Peace. Peace. Thank you.